You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on various social media platforms at FPL General. Gaming 13 is almost complete, there's just one more game to go on Monday evening, which is Fulham versus Wolves, which won't have too much impact on overall rank or mini-league positions. There's another round of European action midweek, my advice is always the same when that's the case, be patient when it comes to making transfers unless you've got 0.0 million for the move that you're 100% set on doing. Saturday deadline for game week 14, there's no early kickoff, so it's a 1.30pm UK time deadline, 90 minutes before the 3pm matches kick off. In today's episode, a quick review of how the trip performs in game week 13. We'll check if there's any new members joining the 59th Minute Club, update the watch list, highlight a few stats from the weekend answer listener questions and finish with an early look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 14. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. Quick review of how the team performs over the weekend. I had one free transfer. I was forced into a move. I say I was forced into a move. Jared Bowen was injured. There wasn't really any clarity on whether he was going to play or not. I had a very poor bench, so I didn't really want to take any chances on Bowen missing out and then having someone like a buyer, a Gusto, or in the Canva coming in. So I just pulled the trigger. I was talking about Eze or Mbumo last week, and I went with my gut feeling. I fancied on Eze for the nice run of three fi- fixtures for Crystal Palace. So brought in Eze for Bowen on Friday evening. Didn't catch the game Saturday live because I was at a wedding. Uh, watched match of the day Saturday night in the hotel room without any knowledge of what happened. I knew the Liverpool-Man City result, but I didn't know anything else that happened that day. And it was not fun. I was watching the Crystal Palace highlights and I kept just saying to myself, where is Eze? Why is he not on the pitch? So only played about 48 minutes. The transfer didn't work out. 
But thankfully, Jared Bowen didn't play either, so there was no punishment on that side of it. Elsewhere, the team scored 51 points. At the moment, before that one game to go, it's a green arrow, a small one from 177k to 149k. So when the dust settles, we're probably looking at about a 20k, possibly a 25k green arrow. A small one, but we'll take that all day long in what was a tricky game week with lots of difficult fixtures. Johnston blanked in goal but most goalkeepers blank these days anyway so that's not a huge issue Matty Cash with a big fat zero pointer off at half time plenty of questions about him later Gabriel coming with six Shimakas blanked which was expected Izzy with a one pointer Sun scored a hat trick but they were all ruled out so a very frustrating two pointer there we'll talk about him later as well Anthony Gordon did the heavy lifting 13 points you'll remember from last week I was planning to sell Gordon this week to get Mbumo but now that Eze looks to be injured and given that Gordon performed very well, could be a long-term hold. I'm probably going to keep Gordon and make the switch from Eze to Mbumo instead. Nice and simple, as long as there's no issues from midweek. Salah got the assist. Watkins got the goal, but picked up the yellow card to miss out on the bonus points. Captain Haaland again for 14. And Alvarez blanked, which I think is four blanks in six games. Question about him later as well. So we'll take this one all day long. And we'll move in now to a very busy schedule. Three game weeks in the space of a week coming up. So hopefully we can put together a run of three or four green arrows. The 59th Minute Club has been very quiet recently. It's been, I would say, it's probably four or five weeks since we've had any new members. So those that are already there, they're getting concerns and they're hoping that they'll get a few new people joining for their Christmas party in a few weeks' time. So just a few notable mentions from the weekends. As always, I'll be keeping an eye on the Monday Night Fixture to see if anyone joins it. 45-minute appearances for Matty Cash and Diaby at Aston Villa. Mentioned Diaby last week, he had a couple of 61 minutes, he had a 63 minute, and now he adds a 45 minute appearance to his season. He's probably a sell now. Izzy with 48, not going to dwell on that one any longer. 53 minutes for Jota, who also picked up an injury. Andros Townsend, I don't think I've ever seen this happen in three or four, maybe even five years of tracking the minutes. Andros Townsend at Luton has got a hat-trick of 60-minute appearances, three in a row since he got into the Luton starting eleven. So he's dicing with death, and I'm sure he will join the club soon. So that deserves a special mention. His teammates in Panzu at Luton also just about made the 60 minutes. And Chris Wood at Nottingham Forest, there was a lot of talk about him towards the end of the week after it was revealed that a one is going to be out long term. Chris Wood was in the starting eleven for Forest, but he managed just 62 minutes. On to the watch list updates. It's getting to a very busy point in the season and I have refined my watch list. I think there's only about 14 players on it now. So a lot of players removed this week and just one added. That player is Thomas Soucek. Soucek joins his teammates Ward-Prowse and Kudus, West Ham midfielders who are already there. Soucek's having a very good season. Four goals. He's got some good underlying statistics as well. Reminds me of the season, I think it was 2020-21, when Soucek was the most popular cheap midfielder in the game, scored 10 goals that season. So he's on course to do something similar. He's a decent bench option, decent fifth midfielder if you're looking for a West Ham attacker. Players removed this week, a couple of cheap defenders, Taylor at Burnley 
and Branthwaite at Everton. Basically remove them because if I end up going for a defender around that price tag, it's probably going to be Lascelles. As long as Botman is not in the picture, I think Lascelles is the best of those 4 million slash 4.1 options. So those guys are gone. Branthwaite's on the four yellows as well. So that is a factor. And obviously Charlie Taylor, decent bench option, but don't really want a Burnley defender. I've already got Bayer, so I'm not looking to switch him out for Taylor. Also removed Gehi and Mitchell from Crystal Palace because I feel like last week was probably the week to get them because they had the three good fixtures coming up. Now it's just two good fixtures and then they face two very difficult games as we get closer to the Christmas period. So I've got Johnson in goal, not looking to double up on the Crystal Palace defence at this point. For that reason, Gehi and Mitchell are no longer in my thoughts. A few more expensive assets now removed from the watch list in terms of midfielders Martinelli at Arsenal I think it's four blanks in a row just not doing an awful lot so far this season could still be in our teams again at some point later I think I owned them towards the start of the season but I don't have Saka I don't have any Arsenal attackers at the moment if I do bring in an Arsenal attacker Saka will be the priority and I am not interested in Martinelli at the moment Phil Foden as well is gone He's kind of been on and off the watch list a lot this season. The main reason he's been removed is Manchester City do have that blank game week in game week 18. I'll talk about that later in the questions as well, how I'm preparing for it, etc. But Foden, he's just not in the top five, top six, top seven midfielders to own in FPL this season. I don't know if he ever will be. I've got Alvarez, I've got Haaland, and I'm looking to probably reduce my number of City assets before game week 18 rather than increase. So that is why Foden is gone. Brennan Johnson is also gone. Still like him as a cheap option for the next couple of weeks, but I've got Youngman's son. I don't really see myself doubling up on the Spurs attack given the range of other midfield options available. Adingra is gone as well, just not doing enough. And Brighton rotation just scares me. I still like Matoma when he's back fit again, more so than Adingra. A one he's gone because he's injured. And I've also removed Edward from Crystal Palace. Similar reasons to Mitchell and Gehi. The fixtures will turn very soon. So that is the watch list ahead of Game Week 14. So just, again, an idea of exactly who those 14 players are on my Christmas shopping list when it comes to transfers. Defenders, Saliba. So I might end up doubling up with Gabriel at some point. Pedro Porro, I really like possibly as a cash replacement around game week 15 and I've got Trippier and Lascelles from the Newcastle defence midfielders on the watch list and Bumo's right at the top Saka's not far behind Palmer's on my radar in a couple of weeks time Sterling's there as well and you've got the three West Ham guys Kudus, Warprouse and Soucek and three forwards on the shopping list Darwin Nunes, Alexander Isak and Dominic Solanke few stats now that caught my eye from the weekend from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders, first of all, that guy Pedro Porro continues to produce good underlying statistics. Four chances created. There was three chances created by Dallow at Manchester United and Baldock at Sheffield United at just 3.9 million. For some reason, Baldock went from 3.8 to 3.9 at some stage last week. That was a bit of a head-scratcher because who on earth is buying a Sheffield United defender? Mikalenko, who's been a real attacking threat in recent game weeks, he hit the crossbar at the weekend's which was one of his four goal attempts. So if you're looking for a cheap Everton defender, might be worth paying the extra over Branthwaite for an attacking Michalenko. Pedro Porro, 
In addition to having four chances created, he also had three goal attempts. All three shots came from inside the box and he also took eight corners. So in James Madison's absence, there is more routes to points for Pedro Porro. He was the top defender in game week 13 before the Monday night game for expected goal involvement with 0.64. On to the midfielder stats, Pascal Gross, six chances created for Brighton. So I think a lot of us are very fearful of Brighton assets because of rotation, but maybe Pascal Gross is the safe route into their midfield. He's played 90 minutes in the last six matches. Bakayo Saka, five chances created, picked up the assist and a couple of bonus points as well. And Doku, four chances created, which contributed to three bonus points, something you very rarely see in FPL. An attacking player getting three bonus points without any attacking returns. So usually this would have been a two-pointer for Doku, but he came away with five because of his dribbles, take-ons and his chance creation. Olise at Crystal Palace. I picked the wrong Crystal Palace attacker to bring in. Should have went for Olise instead of Eze. Looking at these numbers, five goal attempts for Olise. Four shots inside the box and scored a fantastic goal. Thomas Soucek had four shots in the box. So, you know, the goal he did score, it wasn't a flash in the pan. He had four pretty decent opportunities. In terms of forwards, Julian Alvarez, who's in my team, but for how much longer is the question. Three chances created. More so down to the nine corners taken there, I would imagine. Erling Haaland, his teammate, had five shots in the box. And Darwin Nunes, good numbers again. Four goal attempts, three of them from inside the box. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get iTest podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals, and more each week. Question time. The first one is from Local Stigmatic. With Fulham, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace up next and Alisson succumbing to a hamstring injury, have the FPL gods thrown us a gift in the wispy, blonde Irish form of 3.9 million goalkeeper Quivine Kelleher? So this is interesting, something I hadn't really thought about myself until I was putting the questions together for the podcast. Alisson did go down with an injury. There's no confirmation yet at the time of recording of how long he's going to be out for. There's a few whispers, a few rumours that it could be a couple of weeks and if that is the case given how many FPL game weeks we have in quick succession and given the good fixtures here which are mentioned Kelleher could be an option for those who own Ariola. if you've got Turner on your bench if you've got even Johnston for me who's got tricky fixtures in the near future there could be an opportunity to go for a Kelleher at just 3.9 million so one to keep an eye on I've got Shimakis I've got Salah the downside of getting a Kelleher is if you've already got two Liverpool assets you might block a move for a Darwin Nunes or one of the other attackers, or maybe even a Trent Alexander-Arnold over Christmas. So you've got to keep that in mind. It's not as straightforward as just buying Kelleher. But I think it's going to be very, very popular if it emerges that Alisson is out for a wee while. So I'm going to keep an eye on that myself. I am very tempted by Darwin at some point. But when we've got Solanke's and we've got Isaks to choose from as well, I wouldn't mind going to Kelleher myself. I've got I've got Johnston, and I, st- I think I've still got Turner as well. So could do something like Turner to Kelleher. 
uh, maybe bench Johnston for some of his trickier fixtures, use Kelleher in the good fixtures and then maybe go back to Johnston afterwards. So goalkeeper position, it's been a nightmare all season, but maybe we could have a Christmas gift with Kelleher. So we'll see how that emerges over the next couple of days. Question from FPL Tom. Selling Son is my only route to Salah without taking an outrageous number of hits. If you had to choose just one of them, who would it be and why? So just going back to that Kelleher question, the fixtures for Liverpool, Fulham, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace absolutely has to be Mohamed Salah. If you can only use only have Salah or Son for the next three game weeks, it's going to be Salah. He is a captaincy candidate in all of those game weeks. And I think people will probably be a bit reluctant to captain Son at the moment, given Tottenham's kind of downturn with the injuries. They've got Manchester City next as well, which is not ideal. I'm a Son owner. I'm not worried about him. I'm going to keep him. I've got bigger issues to deal with in my team. I don't think Son will ever be a weak link. So he's probably there for the next couple of weeks at least. And if you don't have Salah, Looking at the fixtures, looking at what he's done so far this season, given that Liverpool are playing very well, I think Salah in should probably be the priority, even if it means losing Son. I think that's okay. Question from Gaza2000. Similar question. Would you sell Son for Saka? So it's three straight blanks for Son. So there was a lot of questions in the reply to my tweet that said, is it time to sell Son? And a lot of people will do it because if a, if an expensive asset likes on blanks three games in a row, you're thinking, can I spend this cash better? But I still think Son is one of the best picks in the game, despite the blanks. And in my mind, a lot of people just look at the two-pointer and think, I'm selling this guy. But I'm looking at it thinking, this guy had three goals. Yes, they were all offside. But that just shows you what he can do and how close he was to getting a lot of FPL points. So if you take them offsides away... Nobody's even questioning. People are probably asking, do, do you captain Son over the next couple of game weeks? So for me, when it's when it comes to Saka, I do, I've, I've wanted Saka for a couple of weeks, but I don't really go into game weeks f- that fearful of Saka at the moment, given, you know, Arsenal are not scoring a huge amount of goals. The underlying numbers are not fantastic there for Saka or Arsenal. So I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm feeling okay without him. That can change very, very quickly. Ideally, you know, if I was ripping up my squad and building a wildcard team, Saka would probably still be in it. But I am still quite happy to hold Son, go without Saka, so I probably wouldn't sell him. I'd probably rather bank a transfer or fix a weaker area of the squad. Tricky question from TLF. Salah, Son, Saka, Gordon and Palmer. Would you sell any of these midfielders for Mbumo this week? And if so, which one? So Mbumo is probably the number one target for most managers this week. He has been for quite a while. We've earmarked this period of game week 14 to game week 16 as a time that you would really like to own Mbumo. Very good fixtures, lots of routes to points. We know how good he is this season. He's my number one priority. And he's definitely coming in for me this week. And Eze makes that easy for me to do so. If I had this midfield, Salah goes nowhere. Son I would keep. Saka I would definitely keep as well. So then it's a question of Gordon or Palmer. Are you willing to lose one of them to get Mbumo for three game weeks? And then maybe go back to a Gordon or a Palmer later. So if I was in this scenario, and if the rest of my team was absolutely fine, 
and in particular if I had two free transfers, I would be open to losing one of them to get Mbumo. Palmer still got a couple of tricky fixtures before it gets much better around game week 16 or 17. Gordon's just got a 13-pointer, but I still wouldn't let that stop me from selling him. So I think you do need to weigh that up. I would probably sell Gordon or Palmer this week, get Mbumo in for the three weeks. If nothing else, he's going to be extremely highly owned. And it's almost like you're buying yourself an insurance policy if you bring him in. And it's it's a tough call between Gordon and Palmer. Given that Palmer has the penalties, maybe he would stay as just a long-term pick. So take the Gordon points possibly. Go to Mbumo and you could always go back to Gordon later. But you know, other people you ask will have different answers to that. They might say, you've got five good midfielders. Ignore Mbumo. Hope he doesn't do too much. And you, you know, you're, you're happy with your midfield end. But I would be, I think Mbumo's important. I think the next three game weeks, I think it's just a no brainer to own him on his current form this season. Brentford playing very well, and the fixtures are very, very nice. Question from FPL Brooklyn Is Alvarez to Isak a no brainer? I don't think it's a no brainer. Alvarez still plays for Manchester City. Yes, it's four blanks in six games, but he is getting a lot of Premier League minutes and he still can, I think, tick along nicely. But this blank in game week 18 is on the horizon and I think I will sell him at some point before then. Probably not going to be this week because I want to get Mbumo in and I've only got one free transfer. I think monitor the Champions League minutes this week for both players, for Alvarez and Isak. Let's say Alvarez gets the Champions League off or if he gets reduced minutes, which has often been the case so far this season. Again, that's a good sign for Premier League games coming up. Isak as well. Wilson's out. If he played, you know, they're going to have to be careful with Isak. He's your only real out now striker at the moment who is fit so you, would, you wouldn't really expect Isak to play 90 minutes midweek but I think that that group is still you know in the balance we, he probably will get significant minutes but yes monitor the minutes midweek see how you feel about it then towards the end of the week if you don't have any other issues then I think Alvarez to Isak it does make sense if you're worried about Alvarez and if you do want to start preparing for that blank game week in 18 Isak very impressive numbers, seven goals in 571 minutes, so extremely good return on goals to minutes there. The fixtures for Newcastle, Manchester United, Everton, Tottenham, then it gets really good, Fulham, Luton, Nottingham Forest. So overall as a as a block of six fixtures, I do like them. Manchester United have been keeping clean sheets recently, but I don't expect that to continue. Everton just conceded three, Tottenham not really keeping clean sheets at the moment and the other three fixtures are much more favourable so Isak is very attractive while Wilson is out and I do think Alvarez to Isak will become a popular move it's probably a move that I'll make if I don't end up going to Darwin I'll probably default to Isak instead at some point in the near future question from Andy Penman is Manchester United's defence actually good? I'm not going to go as far as saying it's good three clean sheets in a row but the fixtures were favourable. It was Everton, Luton and Fulham. And even though United kept a clean sheet against Everton, they were lucky because Everton's XG in that game was 2.47. Onanahut had a good game. There was balls cleared off the line. De Curry put a very good chance wide. So very easily could have been you know, a clean sheet wipeout for Manchester United in that one. But more so, yes, They've been good recently in terms of clean sheets. But when you look at the fixtures coming up, I don't really see too many clean sheets because it's Newcastle, Chelsea, 
Bournemouth, who are now scoring goals, and Liverpool in the next four. Maybe Maguire, because he's only 4.3 million, is okay. He's played 90 minutes in the last six matches, but he's the only one, and it's only because of price. If you've got, like me, a couple of uh, useless options on your bench, around 4 million, if you can stretch to Maguire at 4.3, maybe rather that than a Lascelles. Bit of goal threats, probably pretty secure in the team at the moment. Yes, the fixtures are not great, but who knows, there might be a clean sheet or two along the way. So Maguire is the only one I would consider uh, just because of the price. Dallow, very good return. I think it was a 12-pointer at the weekend. But again, he's 5 million. It's a lot harder to get there than it is to get a Maguire. So Maguire or no one, I think, is my answer for the Manchester United defence. Question from Ryo. The attacking data is usually good for Matty Cash but I feel pretty frustrated with the points he is bringing for his cost. Is it wise to replace him with Saliba if I already have Gabriel? So I think there's going to be a mass sale of Matty Cash this week and next week after another frustrating return, zero pointer off at half time with the yellow card and who knows, there could be games in the near future that he doesn't start we've seen Emery use different systems at various times I think this season once or twice where Matty Cash wasn't in them. Uh, you know, Conza uh, plays right back, Bailey's in the starting 11, and then Cash is not. So who knows? We He could become an issue very, very soon. And, and maybe he, he probably is an issue. He's got difficult fixtures coming up soon anyway. He's got Bournemouth next. I'm going to keep him for that one. But then I'm almost certainly going to sell him and give me 15 if nothing else crops up. In terms of replacements, I do think Saliba is one of the best ones because Saliba is very attractive for the Christmas period. No real you know, concerns about rotation. He should play every game, avoiding injury and suspension. Arsenal's fixtures are good in the short term, maybe not as good longer term, but Wolves and Luton in the next two. That could easily be two clean sheets. Then it's Villa, Brighton, Liverpool and West Ham. So I don't love the fixtures, but I mean, there's not too many good defenders out there in FPL at the moment so even if you have Gabriel already I think that's absolutely fine to get Saliba so like I said I'm planning to sell cash in game week 15 I think the two candidates for me are Saliba or Poro I probably at this point would lean towards a more attacking fullback in Poro especially when by the time I get to game week 15 the Wolves game will be gone for Saliba and then it's not too far away until they play Villa, Brighton, Liverpool, which I don't really like for clean sheets, especially with a centre-back when there's not much attacking threat. I know Saliba scored recently, but we probably won't see that too often, whereas Poro, such an attacking fullback, taking corners, popping up in the box, taking shots, just a very good FPL asset, regardless of clean sheets or not. Question from Shuvik. Please suggest a good replacement for Estupanen under 4.5 million, considering Lascelles, Livermento, and Branthwaite. And is there anyone else? So, Branthwaite is on the four yellows. That gives me pause. And maybe Mikalenko is the best Everton defender to go for there. Anyway, he is under 4.5. Livermento, I'm not overly keen on. I still think there could be some rotation there. You've got Hall, you've got Trippier, although. I- is Hall injured? There's something telling me that he might be. I need to double check that. But yeah, even even still, Livermento, I'm not overly keen on. I mentioned Maguire earlier. Maybe he's the answer at 4.3. But certainly someone like a Mikalenko could be an option as well. I still like Lascelles until we actually see Botman on the pitch. And that who knows, that could be in one week's time. It could be in 10 weeks' time. We still don't know with Eddie Howe. So Lascelles is not a problem until he is a problem. I still still think it's probably okay to buy him. Question from Tom Sergei. 
I've got a big round to make up, currently 3 million overall rank. Do I need to start taking captaincy punts to help me attempt to claw back some points? And if so, is captaining in Bumo against Luton a good place to start? So there's plenty of people out there that are struggling, you know, 3 million, 4 million, 5 million. And what I would say is if I was in that scenario, the first thing I'd be telling myself is there's only one third of the season gone. Yes, it's been a disaster if you're 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, but two thirds of a season is an awful long time and there's an awful lot of points to be made up. Even just December, seven game weeks, you can go from 3 million to 250k, 100k in seven game weeks. It's absolutely possible. So my advice there would be, and I think back to last season, uh, I think it was last season, the World Cup in the winter season, I think it was game week 18 or game week 19 when we came back. Maybe it was a wee bit earlier, maybe it was 16 or 17. I was 1.1 million and I had a decision to make. You know, the first half of the season was terrible. Do I take punts or do I take the steady eddy approach? And I just took the steady eddy approach, kept captaining, kept it very simple. The player I thought was going to score the most points in my team didn't take any punts, made very sensible transfers all the way through the season and finished top 50k. Uh, no problem from 1.1 million in about half a season. So 3 million overall rank, 4 million, 5 million, wherever you are, I would rather keep my season alive by making sensible transfers and sensible capsy choices than risk my season being completely over at Christmas time, you know, five, six game weeks time. If you do take punts, if it doesn't work out, three million can very quickly become five million in a short space of time. But I think just keep playing the game, you know, play it sensibly, play it, you know, just chip away at it. I know it's boring, but to me, it's the most effective way to do it. So, but the Mbumo example is probably not the best example because I think Mbumo actually is right up there as a good captaincy candidate this week. It's more so if you're going off the wall with, with captaincy candidates that people don't own or that are not in the top maybe three or four captaincy candidates for that weekend. So don't, I wouldn't include Mbumo in this because he's a great player to buy and he's probably find a captain this week as well. You know, that I, I wouldn't exactly call that a punt because some of the other uh, captains have, have trickier fixtures as well. So, yeah, my advice is, number one, forget about where you are in the rankings and just keep playing the game. You know, play it sensibly, play it the, the, play it the way you think is optimal. Uh, and that's probably not taking a huge amount of risks. Question from FPL Cannon. Very simple question, but I'm glad it was asked because it's something I've kind of been ignoring myself. Plans for game week 18. So game week 18, we don't have Brentford and we don't have Manchester City. I've kind of been playing FPL more so week to week and fighting fires with injuries and stuff like that with Bowen last week, probably with Eze this week. And most people are in the same boat. There has been a lot of injuries recently, which makes it very hard to plan for a game week that is, you know, about five game weeks away. But we do certainly need to start thinking about it now. Every decision you make over the next week or two, the next three or four weeks, keep game week 18 in mind. Now, what I would say is don't go all out and focus everything on one game week to make sure you have 11 players. If you only have 10 players in game week 18, it is not going to make or break your season. So looking at my setup, I have the wild cards. I'm not going to talk about it too much because I still don't know when I'm going to play it. But at the moment, it's not going to be played this week. So it's probably increasingly likely that it will be played after game week 18, either uh, setting up for game week 19 or using it for a new team in game week 20, which is the last time it can be used. So I've got Haaland, I've got Alvarez. Alvarez will be sold 
at some point before game week 18. And Bumo's going to come in this week. So that's two players that I won't have in game week 18. So I think very simply my very early thoughts are I'll just bench Haaland in game week 18. And Mbumo will probably sold as well, maybe game week 17 or game week 18, just to give me that extra midfielder. I'll probably play Bayer, who've got on my bench. For Burnley, he's got Fulham that week. Uh, the thing that makes game week 18 tricky is Liverpool play Arsenal. I've got Gabriel, I've got Shimakas, and I've got Salah. So it's not ideal having that matchup in a blank game week. There is also you know, a free hit possibility. Some managers might be tempted to do that. But for me... I think it's almost zero chance of doing that. I'll keep my free hit for a later date in the season, probably in a big blank game week or possibly a big double game week. And like I said, if you've only got nine or 10 players in game week 18, I don't think it's a disaster, but do try to arrive there with 11 players if you can. And obviously this is very team dependent. Whether you have a wild card or not will be a player as well. And like I said, I've given this very little thought and... Only it's only really now that I'm going to start planning ahead for game week 18. But it's always uh, a trap a lot of us fall into over the years when you're planning for a blank game week. You you miss out on points maybe in the three or four weeks beforehand because you you buy players for game week 18 specifically and you ignore players that have good fixtures before that. So I think Mbumo is a good example. Some people maybe won't buy him because he doesn't play in game week 18. And maybe those who already use their wild card will be thinking Mbumo is going to be going away in January as well to the African Cup of Nations. But I wouldn't let that worry you. If you think Mbumo is up there as one of the best picks in the game for the next three game weeks, I wouldn't worry about 18. I would rather have Mbumo for the next three and play with 10 players in game week 18, then avoid them for the next three weeks and have 11. So just, you know, different ways of thinking about the game. Moving on to captaincy, the bus team and transfers now for the weekend. Early thoughts as it's only Monday. Captaincy, I think the top five candidates are probably Haaland versus Tottenham. Salah's at home to Fulham. Mbumo home to Luton, Saka plays Wolves and Watkins is away to Bournemouth. So what are we? Game week 14, I've captained Haaland in 12 of the first 13 game weeks. There's a very good chance I will just leave it there, not give it too much thought. A Tottenham team that don't have Romero, I fancy that for Haaland and Manchester City. Salah is a very good-looking captaincy candidates against Fulham as well, and Mbumo. Mbumo probably is in my top three when it comes to captaincy, but it's easy for me to say that because I don't own Saka. So plenty of captaincy candidates out there. Watkins having a great season, like that fixture against Bournemouth as well. But for me, I think it will be between Haaland and Salah, as it often is. I'm very much loyal to the big hitters and loyal to Haaland in particular. But maybe when I see Brian Mbumo in my team for the first time this season on Friday night, maybe there will be some captaincy temptation. But I think I'll just be happy to own him. And I'll be happy to break him, to be honest. If he if he comes in and blanks for three game weeks, I'll just be happy not to be on the wrong side of his points for a change. So um, Mbumo will come in. I don't think I'll captain him. So it's most likely Haaland's. Salah's in with the shouts, and we'll cover that again on the Friday episode. The bus team, before any transfers are made, Johnston, Cash, Gabriel, Shimakas. So Shimakas and Gabriel have better fixtures this week. Cash has got Bournemouth, so that's fine. Hopefully he plays. 
Salah, Son, Gordon and Eze at the moment, but Eze will become Mbumo if nothing else happens. Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins. The transfer plan is straightforward. It was going to be Gordon to Mbumo, but it's now likely to be Eze to Mbumo. There's 1.7 million in the bank, so I do not need to move early for that transfer. The plan then... It's always good having plans in FPL. They rarely work out, but if nothing happens midweek or in game week 14, I will then sell cash for a Saliba or a Pedro Porro in game week 15. The wildcard is always available if disaster strikes at any time. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Enjoy the European action, and I'll be back with another episode after the pressers on Friday. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Anyone who does buy me a coffee these days, I send them a link to join my FPL Discord server. Talk to you soon. Podcast Network.